I hope everybody's doing well, and I thank you for joining our Shir in Sichas as we continue to delve into this incredible Sefer that presents so many foundational teachings from Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, Schusia Gunaleinu, and his worldview and the way that he presented his revelation to the world in terms of how we can serve Hashem with consciousness, with connection, with feeling, with passion. And we begin here with Sicha Saran Samach Zayin, 67, which is where we're up to in the Sefer. It's pretty remarkable that we've made it all the way here. It's a, it's a lot. We've learned a lot. And I'm very grateful for all of you for joining me along that journey. And the Rebbe says like this, an amazing thing. He says, He says, a person who's not living in connection with and in alignment with the divrei chachamim, the guidance of those who are wise, chachamim amitim, those who are truly wise, meaning those who are wise to the truth within life, who aren't just privy to some kind of understanding in a particular area of technical knowledge vis-a-vis this world, but who are chachamim amitim, who are people that are connected to the emes within life, the truth, the depth of life. A person who doesn't live in alignment with that kind of guidance that's constantly helping a person to stay awake to the truth beyond the surface of our daily lives and our daily encounters and life as a whole. He says, a strong thing, such a person can become crazy. Can go insane and can live a life that's outside the realm of that which is objectively considered normal. Yeah, there is such a thing, believe it or not, as objective uh, normalcy. How HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that a human being should look. How Hashem wants that a human being should live. How Hashem wants that we should conduct ourselves and develop ourselves in the world. That's a thing. And here he explains, because it sounds to be, it seems to be a very surprising thing to say, right? So the Rebbe says over here, Ki ikr shigayon, if you really break it down, and we are going to have to unpack this because it's not a simple thing what he's saying here. The primary insanity of those who are insane, who rock, if you boil it down, it's really machmas because it's because this person is not living in alignment with the guidance of those who have a little bit more of a healthy, balanced perspective on life. Now, of course, he's not speaking here about a person who has a mental disorder or some kind of emotional disturbance. He's speaking about lifestyle choices that people make, things that people get involved with, that when held up to the light of what's possible for the human in terms of how we can potentially live in an elevated way, in a balanced way, in a healthy way, whatever that means for each person, this person chooses to live in disalignment with that. And he says, he explains of here, this kind of crazy person or a person who's acting in a crazy way. If he would only live his life and model his life after those that are those that are living lives in alignment with this kind of intellect, with a deeper perspective, with a broader perspective. Certainly such a person would not fall into the category of one who is acting like a meshuga, like a, like, a, like a crazy person is doing crazy things. And he's going to give an example in a minute. 
Because even though that some internal compulsion is recommending for this person to do something so out of the ordinary and so out of the boundary of what we would consider normal as it's absolutely clear to this person that he needs to walk with bent with 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 ripped up clothing and to roll around in the dirt the whole day in the dust and in the garbage to act in all of these silly ways that we understand this is not the way that a human being should behave after someone with a little bit more seichel, can tell the person, you really shouldn't be behaving this way. This is not the way to act. And this person would have enough sense to say, listen, I don't really understand these things. I, I have some kind of inner voice that's telling me to behave in this way. And I trust you. And I'm willing to do what you're advising me. Then the person could live a normal life. Now, Obviously, pragmatically, practically speaking, presumably this person is not going to have access every minute to constantly be consulting this person. It's not like a life coach, you know, it's not for every single word in every single conversation in every single circumstance. We can't, right? Hopefully we can give over klalim. Hopefully a person can absorb a general framework of normalcy to the point that we can grow. And that we can start to fill in the blanks in and of ourselves without needing to rely for every single thing on the guidance of a chacham, on the guidance of a rav, on the guidance of a rebbe, or the guidance of halacha, because there are many areas that are gray areas. But you absorb a spirit so that you basically know what Hashem would want and what the Ratzon Hashem is for you in a given circumstance. So obviously, it takes more work than this to help a person become really transformed completely. If the person would go ahead and listen to the Chacham, to the person who has a higher, more elevated understanding of how life should be lived. If he would go ahead or she would go ahead and nullify his or her seichel, their own way of thinking to the guidance of a person that they trust has more of an understanding of how life should be lived in order to avail us a healthy, balanced, joyous, uh, calm, settled experience of life. So certainly we would eliminate a great deal of the insanity that's clouding this person's mind, that's preventing this person from living life fully. So what does it really come down to, says Rabbi Nachman? It comes down to whether or not this person is willing to listen to someone who can guide him out of that insanity. So insanity is not at least this kind of silliness. It is not an objective bond that enslaves a person forever and ever and ever, even if the person doesn't have the tools in and of himself, if the person has the mida, the trait of being able to nullify his or her own limited understanding to the understanding of others that might be wiser, that might be clearer, that that might have an elevated perspective, this would help. This can extract a person from that experience. Like he says over here, a person thinks, you know, something inside of him tells him that it's right to, to, to lay in garbage, but he, he has the sense that this is not what he should do. All he needs is someone to come and tell him, listen, trust me, you don't need to do that. You, don't, you shouldn't be doing that, right? And if the person will say, okay, I trust you, 
then the person will avoid all of the different problems that come because of this particular kind of, of, of strange behavior of rolling around in garbage that could enable a person to get their feet on the ground, join society, get a job, and so on and so forth, all because they were able to listen to someone who had a little bit more clarity than they had in that moment. Nimsa says, Rabbi Nachman, we find, that the primary insanity is because a person, this person, for example, is unwilling to nullify their own understanding and listen to the guidance of one who is wiser. And Rabbi Nachman says, understand this very well. Because of course, we're not just speaking about a person who feels compelled to roll around in garbage. We're speaking about each and every one of us with all of the things that we struggle with, all the things that we stumble over, all the ways in which we walk through life like a blind person in the dark who can't find his way. And that's not to say anything negative about our lived experience of reality. That's okay. We're not, we're not expected to have all the answers. We're not expected to always have 100% clarity. We're not always expected to know what the right thing is to say, what the right thing is to do, or, or how to choose between, this is very frequent, how to choose between two bad options, right? Because not always in life is there a good option that's so good that it's really objectively good and that it's great and everything will work out. Life isn't that way. If a kid is screaming and throwing a tantrum in aisle three in the local supermarket, there's no real great way to deal with that. You know, it, it, dragging him along is not great. Letting him scream and make a scene is not great. Uh, holding him while he's trying to hit you is not great. It's just, it's, it's not a great situation and that's okay. Not every situation in life always has a obvious clear, perfect resolution. It's sometimes the, the, the experience of having to choose between two not such good options, right? And, that, and the sooner that we, that, we, that we become aware of that and, and, and accept that, life gets a little bit easier because it's not always easy. You know, the expression, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. That's how life often is. But if in all of these moments, we would have a kesher, a connection to a more elevated perspective, a perspective of of balance, a perspective of sanity, a perspective that we find it difficult to naturally experience in a moment of challenge, in a moment where things are really going very poorly and we're angry and we're frustrated and we have tunnel vision and we're focused just on this moment and we're not. If in that moment we can stop and pause and reconnect either directly or indirectly to a tzaddik, to a person who represents in and of his essence an elevated way of living. That's just the energy that we get when we look at the picture of a tzaddik. So it's important to have pictures of tzaddikim in our home. Just by looking at them, it's not just that you're looking at the picture of a person. In that moment, if you can look at that picture, so all of a sudden it like refocuses you a little bit on what's important in life, what life is really about, recenters you, re-anchors you, and can give you a firm foundation, a platform from which to begin to, to build again. This is the inning of a tzaddik. This is the inning of a chacham. Something similar to a light tower, whatever those things are called. Um, it's called a lighthouse, right? A lighthouse where a boat is not even sure where the shore is because it's so stormy and they lost control completely. But all of a sudden they look and they see that beacon of light and they know 
They know which direction they're going in. They know where they're coming from. They know where they need to turn if they are to continue on their journey. It's the same way with all of us. And the tzaddik is this lighthouse. It's a beam through the fog. It's clarity when everything else is convoluted. And this is what Ibn Nachman is telling us. It's okay to sometimes have this experience of shigayon. This is called being a human. All of us experience this. But in as much as we're connected to a tzaddik, who's giving us us guidance, and we're willing to trust him, and we have the humility to say, really, it's become clear to all of us that this particular tzaddik really has a better grip on life than we seem to, and they seem to be able to react to challenges in a calmer way, and they seem to be able to remain God-conscious in a way that we often seem never to be able to really, really hold onto and connect with, certainly not in a, in a, in a continuous way. No, that tzaddik can guide us. And we're willing to submit ourselves. That naturally covers for so much of the way that our natural shigayon, that our natural insanity, or if you want, our natural confusion expresses itself. Even though we don't yet have perfect clarity, and like I mentioned before, we still might slip. And we don't really know, again, the right thing to do all the time, right? And our moments that are less clear than others. But generally speaking, we can cut out a whole lot of the Shigayon if we're willing to follow the path that is already paved before us by the Tzaddikim in general because we're learning the Torah of this Tzaddik who has a lot of practical guidance, this Tzaddik in particular, Rabbi Nachman in particular, and that alone covers for a lot of the trouble that we experience along our journey. But I think that we can focus on a certain interesting choice of wording over here that might avail us a deeper understanding in what Rabbi Nachman is saying, even though everything that we've said until now is certainly the simple understanding of this piece. Let's take a look back into this source, and I just want to focus us in on a few interesting words that Rabbi Nachman repeats twice, I believe. Go to the third line. He says, Even though this particular person, in accordance with the, the, the spirit of insanity or silliness that has taken hold of him, it appears to him with total clarity, and that's the key word, that he needs to walk around with ripped up clothes, and that he needs to roll around in the, in the garbage, in all different kinds of silly ways and, 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 and anti-social ways of behaving that are not helping this person to, to, to proceed in life in any healthy, meaningful way. Even though he still has this feeling inside of him, after someone with a little bit more experience, after someone with a little bit more understanding of the way that the world works and the way that society works and so on, tells the person, and here again is the key word, that he doesn't need to do this, which is, a, which is an interesting way of expressing this because the Rebbe could have easily have said, right? that he shouldn't be doing this. Or it's not fitting for him to do this. The Rebbe uses very specific terminology. He does not need to do this. And the Rebbe continues, if a person will listen to such a tzaddik, to such a chacham, the last line, all the silliness he would be able to avoid with all of the pitfalls and all the trouble and all the 
suffering that comes from a person's own crippled grasp of life. What's this word sarich? He thinks that he needs to do this, and the tzaddik comes and he tells him he doesn't need to do this. What, what, what's the implication of these two words that, we've, that we find in this piece? So let's take a look over here at the next source from Rab Nason and Lekuti Alachas. And Rab Nason over here in Lekuti Alachas, Hochas Nti Yosedayim Lesuda, Vav, Islam at Gimel 33. He writes about the seventh lesson in Lekuti Amran Tinyana, called Torah Zayin. And the Rebbe says, and Rab Nason says, Ki Torah Hanal, this lesson that's called Kimarachm of Yinagim, very long, beautiful, glorious lesson in Lekuti Amran, the Rebbe says, Rebbe Nassim says, says, and the same is true for all the different Torah teachings that we find in Rebbe Nachman's revelation. They're all bound together in a wondrous way. This teaching is bound together, the beginning and the middle and the end. Even though it seems to be disparate parts, it's all one message, it's all one theme. He says, because in the beginning of the lesson, that the tzaddik needs to go ahead and to shine in the light of das, of awareness, of a, of a higher level of consciousness into each and every person, which is the primary Rachmanus, the primary mercy that you can have on another person, more than anything else, taking care of their physical needs, their emotional needs, more than anything else, to have Rachmanus, that a person should be living life with an elevated perspective. Because if they have an elevated perspective, then despite their physical difficulty and despite their emotional difficulty, you've given them a way of tapping into a, a type of consciousness that can enable them to deal with the difficulty, to deal with the challenge. And that's the biggest Rachmanus there is. To go ahead and to bring them out from all the sins and all the, like we often translate chait, right? just means the veering away from the main path that really represents the foundation of our lives and how we want to be living you can free a person from that. Because it is a spirit of insanity that gets into our mind. A spirit of shigayin, which is similar to what he had been referring to in the piece itself, which we'll get to. And then Rabbi Nachman continues, and what does he say? He says over there in Tarazayin, he reveals that the tzaddik is able to provide a very strong message to every kind of Jew both to the Jew that is on the level of what's referred to as Dari Malo, which we mentioned this morning in our, in our pre-Davening Shir for Chodesh Shvat. We spoke about the Dari Malo and the Dari Mata and the Tzaddik's ability to relate to both of those kinds of Jews. So the Tzaddik's able to shine the light of intellect into the Dari Mala, into those that are succeeding in their Avodah Hashem, to those that are on a very lofty level. And what's that Das? What is the Tzaddik? What consciousness does the Tzaddik give them? You can keep on growing. You can keep on striving. You haven't gotten there yet. There's always more to grow. But also, primarily, the Dari Mata. The Tzaddik is able to shine the light of consciousness into what's referred to as the Dari Mata, to those that are living and abiding on a very low level of, of, of Yiddishkeit, of religious success. 
What's his message to those that abide on the lowest levels, the lowliest packets of the human experience? A very low level. And all kinds of, of Gehenim and distance from Hashem. The tzaddik's job is to encourage those people by reminding them that Hashem is with them and next to them, despite how distant it appears that they are and how distant they feel from anything holy, to let them know if you're alive, if you're breathing, Hashem is as close to you as you are close to you. And that means that as long as you exist, as long as you are ba'olam and you are still in this world, in shem there's no despair in the world at all. Because if you're in the world, then there's no despair. Because if there was despair, you wouldn't be in the world. And so if you are ba'olam, then ancient yish ba'olam. There's no despair at all. HaKadosh Baruch who's close to you. You just have to reach out and contact him. Call out to him. To call out to him like Yona did from the, from the belly of the whale. Even when everything seems hopeless. You can connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's there. He's there. He's present. You're within him. He's within you. Right, so he says, To let them know the whole earth is filled with the glory of Hashem. And the tzaddik's job is to awaken them and to inspire them. The Pasuk, which we learned this piece in the morning, something similar, to awake and sing those who rest in the dust, those who are laying in the dirt. Much like the person that we just learned from in the piece from Sicha Saran, this silly person, this strange antinomian person that's rolling around in the dust, in the dirt, in the garbage, in the filth. And the tzaddik's job is to tell that person, wake up and sing, this person that's rolling around in the dirt. And the truth is, says Reb Nassim, that Hakol Echad, it's all one thing. This is how the tzaddik has Rachmanus, has mercy on the person to free them from their sin, to gift them a higher level of consciousness. This is it. This is how the tzaddik is able to free a person from sin, by giving this message across. This is, it's all one. With this that the tzaddik has the ability to make it known and to make them aware, those that are living life in a very lowly way, who live feeling as if they're disconnected and as if they have no contact at all with Kedusha, to let them know that Hashem is still with them. That Hashem is, is with them. Each time that Tzadik keeps on reminding this person, even though they find it hard to believe and they laugh it off the first couple of times, but that Tzadik is insistent, that Tzadik sees in you what you don't see in yourself, that Tzadik keeps on reminding you you're not stuck. That's the point. You're not stuck. You don't have to live this way. And this is what's hinted to. In the piece, Rabbi Nachman says, what's the shigayon of the person that's living a life of insanity on whatever level? The insanity is that they feel that they are bound, that they're stuck, that this is how they have to be, that, they, that there's no other way for them to carry on, that they can't change, that they can't live differently than they've been living. Stockholm Syndrome, right? Where they, they feel as if, if they were to break free from the captors, they couldn't live anymore. And that Sadiq's great gift 
to those that are willing to really believe it, to live, to listen to it, to really honestly nullify their own convoluted conceptions of reality to what the tzaddik is saying, even though it may be hard to accept and it may be difficult and it may fly in the face of some other things that you once heard from somebody. The tzaddik is telling you again, you don't need to live this way. You don't. You don't need to live this way. You're not stuck. Not not that it's not right to roll around in, in the dirt. It's not the point whether it's right or not. The point is that the person who's rolling in the dust is oftentimes convinced that this is what he must do. And that Sadiq's job is to tell the person gently, you don't need to do that. You don't need to live this way. You don't need to carry on with this inner voice telling you that you're low, that you're disconnected, that, that there's no hope for you. You don't need to continue to carry on with the same level of self-perception. That's what the Sadiq's job is. To free us by letting us know that we are essentially free. You're not, you're not bound by anything. And that's what Ibn Asana is saying over here. How does the tzaddik free a person from sin? How does he express this incredible rachmanus, this incredible mercy that he has on every Jew that he sees struggling, being trapped in, 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 in lowly kinds of behaviors and reactions and, 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 and ways of speaking or ways of thinking or, 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 or ways of talking to oneself within one's head? All these different kinds of things that a person feels stuck in. How does the tzaddik free that person? from living life in misalignment with their true essence, this is how. This is how. That Sadiq is shining this light of intellect. And that Sadiq gets rid of this spirit of insanity that causes us to think that we're trapped. This is not simple to do. It's not simple to do. It takes a tremendous amount of talent, skill, a lot of work. An incredible artistry. To relate to these people and to try to get to some level of wakefulness beyond all the slumbering that we encounter on the surface. To break past the cynicism, to speak to them with confidence, to find within them a point that you resolutely refuse to lose touch with, that you mamish believe is there even when they believe they've lost it a long time ago. Even if you can't find it, still, Believe that it's there. Convince yourself. Convince them. Draw it out. Draw it out. Draw it. Create the setting where they'll feel comfortable allowing themselves to be authentic, allowing their true self to emerge. It's not easy. It's not easy. It takes a long time to learn how to do this. And with this, it, with each individual, it could take years of work and not giving up and being patient and, and just like, like water on Rabbi Akiva's rock, right? Drip, 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 drip for as long as it takes until the whole is made. Something is being accomplished, but it takes a tremendous das. And Rabbi Nachman has this das, this mysterious artistry to be able to reach even those that are so distant that nothing else moves anymore. This is the Rebbe. Even, he says there are people that know that what they're doing is wrong and they they want to do that. They're not even broken and they're not even feeling lowly and they're not even feeling ashamed. This is just... This is how they've become accustomed to acting. They're okay with that. In the, in the most awesomely, tremendous, terrible kinds of, of, of sins. 
But he says, Vatsadik Rahman Kazeh. The tzaddik is so merciful. rather, that even to these kinds of people who he's able to shine into them this wondrous perspective, this wondrous level of consciousness and awareness. Because in his great power and energy, he lets them know that Hashem is with them. There's no place that's vacant from him. And through doing this, through letting them know that they're not stuck, through letting them know you don't need to live this way. Drip, 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 a little bit, a little bit. The rock is wasting away underneath the constant, consistent, unrelenting dropping of the water upon the rock, slowly but surely, a little bit of the insanity is leaving. We feel a little bit freer. We feel that, okay, there's hope for me. I can also make it. My story is holy. My journey is holy. My mistakes and my stumblings and everything that I've learned along the way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling a story through me, like we've mentioned in the, in the podcast that we're Zoha to do on the stories that are based on the teachings of Rabbi Asher Freund. So in the first story, we speak a lot about stories, right? And how the story itself frees us. It gives us hope. Because the Tzaddik lets us know, Karev Hashem l'chol Karev. Hashem is there. Yerushalayim is there. The Beis HaMikdash is there. Tshuva is there. There's always hope. There's always hope for you to turn everything around. The Ish Inyan, like Rabbi Nachman says elsewhere, Shahakol nishapech l'toiva. In one minute, Everything changes, everything flips, and the most lowly experience of reality becomes flipped to become revealed to have been the highest, 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 highest experience of Elokus that there is, retroactively, in a crazy way. Even though right now the person is just on such a low level, like Hashem Himself says, I dwell among you. In your impurity, Hashem is there. The minute that we let this person know, even in the ten crowns of, 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 of filth, the, 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 the dark side, so to speak, of Hashem's positive revelation in the world, the darkness, Hashem is there too. Because it's only from the godliness within that they're able to find strength to be as I take it by Reach Harashtus, when you shine the light of clarity, of consciousness, of Elokus, naturally the darkness dissipates. And here Avanasan is telling us this is what the sanity of the tzaddik is to let us know that we are not stuck. There's nothing essentially and fundamentally compelling us to act in the way that we act. We mentioned this in previous Shiram, I think. This is, a, this is a moment of freedom. And we can do this consciously. Try, you'll see how free you are. And I hope that I can try this myself. It, it's very easy, at least for me, in the realm of communication. This is what I like to do from time to time. Just to show myself I'm, that I could be free. And there are other places where I really don't feel free. And I have to apply this there. And, and each of us have the easier places in our life and the more difficult. But for example, because I'm communicating the whole day, sending messages. I'm sure all of us are on different chats and different things. And someone post something. Try one time. Okay, one time a day is a little bit much. Once a week. Just one special time. Don't need to tell anybody about it. 
where you had already typed out a message or worded something in a way that deep down, you know, you could have worded it a little bit nicer or a little bit less dramatic or a little bit with more patience, a little bit calmer. The freedom that you have to just hold down the backspace until it's just blank and everything will carry on just fine. And whether you want to send nothing or if you want to reword the message, which is also okay, there's a tremendous shlita there. There's a tremendous understanding that I am not bound by needing to act on my first impulse. Nothing is binding you. Exercise your free choice. Find opportunities throughout your day to choose freely, to reinforce this understanding that you are free. You're free. No matter what happened to you in the past, no matter what you feel stuck in cycles of habituation, start small. And each of us, like Reb Dessler teaches, based on Rabbi Nachman's revelation in, in Likut Imran, Torah 72, Torah Ayin Beis, each of us has our own Nikuda Sabachira. Each of us have the place where we're really not free and there's things that we can't choose because it's just too difficult and it's, it's not realistic. But within that, it's a spectrum. Find what you can do. Find the way, if you can't do it all the way, 50%. To make things aligned with your true will and not the egoistic impulse that's so naturally jumping out of our, our lower elements of, 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 of our identity. We, we can be bigger. We can be bigger. We can be bigger. And that's what the tzaddik is telling us. You're not stuck. Find a way to manifest your freedom. You'll see how free you are. You'll see how free you are. So that's what Rabbi Nassim is telling us over here in this piece from Likutei Alachas. Let's take a look at a very small segment of an extremely lengthy introduction that Rabbi Nassim wrote to Likutei Moran. This is printed in the beginning of Likutei Moran. And it's the Hakdama. It's the introduction to this Safer, if you could think of writing an introduction to such a safer, so it really speaks for itself, and no amount of introduction can capture it adequately. But here is a very beautiful encapsulation of what Rabbi Nachman's whole thing was like after everything, because he, has, he says so many things and has so many different pieces of advice and different pathways and different stories and different different advice and teachings. What did he really want from all of this? What was his primary focus? It's a very important paragraph in the writings of, of Brussels literature. And Ramnasin says over here, Every single lesson that Rabbi Nachman revealed to Hashem's treasured nation. They are filled with wondrous advice, practical advice, if we're only listening to the tzaddik, to apply them. Just gave a little bit of a shir today, earlier on Hispodidos, a pre-recorded thing, a podcast I'm doing for Living Breastlift, to speak about Hispodidos, to apply it. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. The question is whether we are actually implementing these teachings, right? But Rabbi Nachman wanted that his teachings should be imparting practical advice that we could implement. To really become a servant of Hashem, to really become bound to Hashem throughout life, reframe what all of our existence is, mamish, every experience of life, an opportunity to connect to Hashem. Like anybody with eyes who's looking at these teachings in an honest way, we'll see. 
If he'll focus his heart toward them. With real truth. With real openness. With real brokenness. With real humility. With real willingness to say, listen, I'm a little bit insane. I don't know really how to live. There was once a sane person called Rabbi Nachman. And he outlined a, a, a manual for life. Okay, so am I willing to take it with both hands? Listen to these words. This alone was what he wanted. Everybody wants to know, what did Rabbi Nachman want? What, what, did, he, what did he come to say? What, what, was his, what was his primary focus? This. This alone was his kavana. Ready? To awaken those who are asleep. To shake awake those who are slumbering. To smooth out the hearts of humanity toward Hashem. To smooth them very gently. Like Rabbi Shlomo once, Kalbach once talked about at the very, very end of the Rayatz's life, the Rebbe Rayatz, he talked about the last, I don't know, it was the last Shabbos or the last Rosh Hashanah, I think it was, where he was by the Rayatz and he describes the way that the Rayatz was gathering his tzitzis by before Kriyashma, when we say that Hashem should gather us together, we take the tzitzis and we bring them together. And we say that Hashem should bring us straighten, straight up, straight to our land, standing upright. And he said the way that the Rayats was lovingly taking his tzitzis and straightening them out. He said in that moment, he was straightening out the hearts of, of all of Am Yisrael. He was lovingly taking the hearts, like he says here about Rabbi Nachman, to straighten out those hearts, to smooth out the wrinkles that we have, all the wrinkles of cynicism and despair and, and, and all, the, all the different lowly tendencies. We have the wrinkles. And the tzaddik straightens them out. The tzaddik brings us back to our youthful princess of innocence, of wonder, of simplicity, of wholeness. And here's the key point. What did Rabbi Nachman want to tell us? He wanted to say there's a part of you that's trapped. And Rabbi Nachman says, Tse'u, leave, go free. To those who are in darkness, Higalu, be redeemed. To open up blind eyes that were closed. And to lead out those that are trapped in the chains of servitude. To take the prisoner out of his prison. Those that are sitting in the darkness of the dungeon. Those that are trapped in their taivas, whatever that means. Those that are trapped in their ways of being that they think they can't break free from. And those that are completely and entirely in chains and, in ch and, and chained to, to their vanity. And those that have been cast so far away because of their sins. To turn the hearts of Am Yisrael toward Hashem. To return them to Hashem in truth. In a way that's correct. In a way that's pleasant. In a way that's straight before them. The way that our fathers and forefathers and grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents all the way throughout our history, the way that they lived, the way that they walked. 
this paragraph, that's everything. This is what Rabbi Nachman wanted. Lamar la asurim tseu, to tell those that feel trapped that you can leave. The door is not locked. You just need to turn the doorknob. And Rabbi Nachman says, I'll teach you how. We don't need to act this way. The das of understanding, Hashem is with you. You're not alone. You're not stuck. You're never stuck. There's an akudas habachira. Start from where you can start. But start because you can. This was the ultimate focus of Rabbi Nachman. And if you look after the introduction that we just learned a little piece from, to Lukut Imran, before the actual Sefer starts with what's called the Hashmata lesson, a very small lesson about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai, before Torah Aleph, which the Sefer actually begins, you'll find a very unique poem, for lack of a better word. It's an acrostic, a, a poem that's called Shir Na'im, which means a, a pleasant song, a pleasant poem, which is the only poem that we have from Rabbi Nachman. Presumably he wrote more than this because... It's not likely that he just wrote one poem, but this is the one poem that we have. And throughout the poem, he weaved his name, Nachman, Ben, Simcha, and then Nachman, and then many, many different ways. It's a lengthy poem. But I just want to read to you four stanzas from this poem, four very famous stanzas that actually, if you look, as I bolded it, have the word Nachman within these four paragraphs, right? The Nun, and then the Ches, and then the Mem, and then the Nun spells Nachman. It's a little bit scrambled. But that's the name Nachman. So let's take a look at these four paragraphs. Listen to these beautiful wo- words of poetry from Rabbeinu HaKadosh, who's, who's, who's trying even right now, as we're learning, he's smoothing out the creases. He's making us a little bit more sane, a little bit more whole, a little bit more free. And here the Rebbe says like this. Listen, listen to this. I, I, it's just, it'll speak for itself, but listen to the the personal way that he's communicating here with himself. He's speaking to himself. He's speaking to all of us. He says, My mighty wise spirit, my mighty wise soul. Why have you not cared for yourself? Why have you not had mercy on yourself? And you've forgotten the Oymen, that incredible artist, that incredible craftsman, that helps you develop, that raised you. Speaking about Hashem, of course. That has fed you the most delicious sweets. And has clothed you in royal purple. But now? You're trampled by herds of lowly animals, the sheep that are stamping on you into the dust. Where the person from the mushal in the piece that we're learning really here, Sichas Ran Samach Zayin, is rolling around in the in the in the dirt. You're rolling around, you're being stepped on, trampled on, tread upon. And you're being kicked around by all the lowly impulses of our humanity, the physical, the dross, the thick. And now you're completely naked. You're without anything to protect you. You're in, you're in a state of disgrace. 
That wine that you could have drunk, that you could have been drinking, nepach has been transformed, lemishte demais, into a into a into a cup of tears. Chazak vines chazeg says Rabbi Nachman, take great strength, ve'al tihia and don't be kapil hagadol like the great elephant, ve'kagamal unlike the tremendous camel. That when a little mouse leads him along by his nose, he doesn't just kick him away. Why doesn't he do this? Because of this insanity that we've been speaking about now. Because of this craziness. What is the craziness? That you're stuck. The craziness is that you're stuck. The rashtus is that you can't break free. The rashtus is that you don't have bechira. The rashtus is that Hashem is not there in this place where you are right now, where you feel so distant. And the shtus is that you feel that you can't reach out to Him. That's a shtus. She'en Because the elephant doesn't know how powerful he is. And he's so broken even though he's gigantic and he's so incredibly tremendous that a little mouse, he's, he's, he's stepping away from him, he can't handle it. Step on him. Crush him. You're a pila gadol. You're, you're, you're a gigantic elephant. You're, you're, you're huge. You're tremendous. Your neshama is infinite. And all of the things that we struggle with are little mice. It's tight. Stamp on it. Break free. Lamar la asurim tseu. You don't need to be stuck. Break free. Do whatever you can, in whatever way you can. Don't give up. Don't give up. But you, my wise, my powerful soul, he continues, What will you do on the day where everything is remembered? And what will you answer to the one who sent you? We're not here to get lost. We're not here to, 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 to become distracted. It's so easy to become distracted, but it's so hard to become distracted when you're connected to a tzaddik like this. So hard. You can't live one day without thinking, what am I here for? What is life all about? It's so easy to become distracted when we're disconnected from a chacham, when we're disconnected from a tzaddik that can guide us, a tzaddik that can lay out the red carpet to teach us how to live. It's so hard. But when you're connected to the tzaddik, there's nothing easier than staying plugged in. There's nothing easier, even though it might not be easy all the time to meet our ideals and we all struggle and we all have the things that we need to struggle. That's life. That, that's fine. That's, that's the way that Hashem created us. But when you're connected to a tzaddik, I'll call him, you're aware, you're conscious, you were sent here, you're on a mission. See here, Ibn Ahmed says, what will you answer to the one who sent you? Don't focus on all the things that are bound up with the fleeting realm of time. Because your body is, is weak and as impoverished as Rabbi Nachman's body was because he suffered terribly from tuberculosis for most of his life. He was terribly weak. The time is just passing by and it's calling out. And as for the body, we should all live long as Hashem in good health till 120. But maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day. 
Two people Nebuch went up on an airplane, on a private plane, leaving from JFK this past Friday with full families of children. They didn't come home for Shabbos. Hashem should be Menachem, those families, and all of Am Yisrael. You never know. You never, ever, ever know. We should all live long and happy. Vezus Hashem in good health to 120. You never know. And here he ends. Penetrate that heart of stone. Listen to these words. I mean, how could you not fall in love with Rabbi Nachman? Just from this. If you, if you saw nothing else from Rabbi Nachman but these four lines. Who talks in such a way? Who speaks to our neshamas like this? He tells his neshama, Ha'erli, penetrate through the rock of my ego, of my humanity, break through, and shine for me from there, ma'at panecha, a little bit from the illumination of your face, barakachama. You who are bright like the sun, yafa kalavana, you who glow gently like the moon, al tachrish, don't be silent, al tishkait, and don't be still. Harima kolcha ha'arev, let me hear your beautiful, sweet voice. Lift it up, shout it loud, b'shirois with song, va'ida, and thanks. Upsach picha, open your mouth, v'toitzi dvarecha ni'imim l'vnei hakadosh baruch hu, and pour out your sweet words before Hashem. Dalu einecha lamaraim. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. And remember your first love. Remember your youth. Remember your passion for Hashem. Remember your belief that life can be deep and meaningful and elevated. Remember that. Dalu is Milashin Dali, it's a bucket. Raise your eyes like a bucket. We spoke this morning in our pre-Halal shear, which we had this morning, Baruch Hashem. We spoke, it's on SoundCloud, you can find the, the recorded shear. But the month of Shvat is connected to the concept of the Dli, the bucket. Shvat lifts everything up, everything begins to grow, everything begins to sprout. Now's the time. Lift your eyes up to Hashem. Uzchar avasra hayishana. I think that every person, and believe another, I'm going to do this. Every person should have this printed out somewhere and kept with them that they could read. Because if you'll read this even once a week, let's say once a week, once a month, this is and this is it. Right? This this these four pa- little paragraphs is the whole story from beginning, middle to end. It's it's everything, everything that we need. Put it on your fridge. Bli nether, taking it upon myself. Bli nether. Elecha will, will have a graphic with this. Is Hashem. With these, these four, this, just these four paragraphs, translated as is Hashem, will have it done nicely so Hever can print it out. Bli nether. <laughs> Committing to that now. This was what Rabbi Nachman came to the world to do. This was the das of the tzaddik. This was the guidance of the chacham to take Nebuch, all of us, who are a little bit crippled in one way or another, and to free us, to shake us out of the lowliness that we're trapped in, that we think we're stuck in. Free, go free. You're not bound by anything. Let's finish off just to see the Zara Kaddish on these words from Yeshayo that Rabbi Nachman quoted. 
that Reb Nassim quoted in that piece that we learned from the Akdama, which says, Lame or la surim seyu, to say, Go out to those that are trapped, to redeem those in darkness. The Zohar Kadosh in Parshish Pinchas says the following, In times of darkness, when a person is overcome with this, with this inclination toward ego, which is what the Yetzirah is, I don't like using words like evil inclinations. It, it cheapens it, and, and it's totally not relatable. I don't have an evil inclination. We ha- I have an ego. We have an ego, right? We have a this-worldly pull, and that's the Yitzhahara, and it doesn't just mean taiva, it doesn't just mean illicit, you know, immorality. It means any time that we're in it for our own gain and not in it vis-a-vis our shlichus, right, toward HaKadosh Baruch that's the Yitzhahara, right? But that's darkness, that's a lack of clarity. Mechas al taiv diyu'ar, where that kind of, of confused, bewildered state of the Yitzhahara, of the ego, where things aren't clear, and I'm not living life with Hashem, when it covers over the Yitzhah Taiv, the Iyu'ar, which is light, says the Zohar Kaddish, it says if the Yitzhah Tov is, is imprisoned by the Yitzhah that's what happens. The Yitzhah takes the Yitzhah Tov and imprisons it. This is very, very deep what we're learning. And more than this, when the Yitzhah Tov is trapped and jailed by the Yitzhah Hara, all the soldiers, all the forces of the Yitzhah Tov, of which there are many, are also trapped by the forces of the Yitzhah Hara. And this is the key. But in the moment that we have a little bit of a broken heart, in a moment where the Rabbi Nachman says over here, where the heart of stone is penetrated. And where a little bit, the heart breaks, but it's a heart of stone. And so when a heart of stone breaks, it's a good thing. All of a sudden, ah, there's a crack. Light comes in. The water drops in from Rebbe Kiva. Ah, there's a crack. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light is shining through. In a moment of brokenheartedness, where we're ready to be authentic, we're ready to let something in, we're ready to take stock of our lives and to be different than we were yesterday. We're ready to believe that we do not have to continue in the way that we've been continuing and living. We're ready to listen to the tzaddik, to open up completely, completely. At the moment that a Jew has a broken heart, and his spirit throughout all of his limbs are broken, which Rabbi Nachman says is accomplished by a good sigh, a person that sighs really deep, like a deep groan, a deep sigh. Ay, oh, I want to live differently. Ay, oh, I can't, like, a deep sigh breaks, breaks the whole body. Kedam Hashem, Yudkevavke, before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Maksiv, you know what happens in that moment? Lemar la'asurim tseyu. This is where we get commanded, leave, leave, you're free. To those that are trapped in darkness, be redeemed, be free, escape. Now we're learning the parashiyas of Yitzias Mitzrayim, it's, it's all the same thing, escape. You're the Mem Tashari Toma, yeah? You're the Mem Tashari Toma? B'ni Yisrael. 
You're HaKadosh Baruch Hu's firstborn child. Ani v'loi malach. Ani v'loi shliach. Ani v'loi sarf. Ani hu v'loi acher. Hashem b'chvoidoi uva'atzmai is in that place where you are. And he's skipping over your house. And he notes, you're here. You're here. You're trying. You're putting a little bit of blood on your doorpost. You're waving a flag. You're saying, I can't do it alone. Rabbi Shalom, I can't do it alone. I need help. That's what it means. You put blood on your doorpost. It means you're letting people know you need help. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I see you. I see you. I'm with you. You're not stuck. You don't need to act in a certain way that you've been conditioned to believe, either internally, externally, that you need to be this way. Life can be different. Like Rabbi Nachman said, Harba Chaim. There are many different ways of living. Vahayoyim, Rabbi Nachman said on that particular day, Chayisi Chayim Toivim. I live the good life. Rabbi Nachman wants us to live the good life. And the good life is a simple life. And the good life is a wholesome life. The good life is an honest life, is an authentic life, is a non-drama life, is an, is an elevated life, is a spiritual life is a life that finds eternity in every moment, is a life that's connected to the neshama, and is so comfortable with the soul that we can converse with the soul in this way. We can understand how powerful it is. We can convince the soul to break out of its shigayon, of being like this elephant that's just led around the whole day by a mouse, even though it's hundreds of times greater than it, hundreds of times more powerful. And that's what my bracha is to all of us. Hashem sent a sane person to the world, at least once, there are many, but at least one really sane person. And his name was Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. He was a sane person. And we're living in such a world today which is so convoluted and confusing, it could be really hard to hold on to the whatever little floating pieces of wood we're able to grab hold of in the stormy sea. Rabbi Nachman is a lighthouse. If we're willing to open up to his teaching, we're willing to open up to his guidance, to his advice. It's freeing. It's freeing. Totally freeing. It's one thing to learn it. It's another thing to apply it. I'm struggling with the applying of it. But at least let's make a start by learning. And let's do what we can, like I mentioned before, each of us, where we can, to be sholit, to believe in our innate strength, our innate wholeness, our innate holiness, and to begin to demonstrate toward ourselves and others, we're in control. In the places where you can be in control, it's not a zero-sum game, and all of us have the things that we find really hard and difficult, where you can be in control. Prove it to yourself. See how you feel. This is the message of the tzaddik. Hashem is with you. Hold on to Him and fly. And fly. Go free. Fly. Hapach nishbar. Like David Melech says, the vessel broke, the heart breaks, and we escaped. We should be zaychachever to escape, Ezra Hashem, from our Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, from all the things that are binding us, from all the things that are challenging us, from all the things that are paining us. And Hashem should give us the privilege of experiencing in our own lives true Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, true Geula, and to follow the light of the Tzadikim, of Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayaminu Ba'ashem, not just to believe in Hashem, but Uva Moshe Avdai, to believe that the Tzadik plays a role, and his guidance plays a role. Hashem should bless us. Ba'ezus Hashem. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you enjoyed. 
and wishing everybody a beautiful Chodesh Tov full of buckets that are just drawing up drawing up everything that's hidden deep below the surface and allowing us to ride along those buckets as they lift us to the great beyond, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's beyond, who's within, who surrounds, who fills, who is all there is. Be'ezus Hashem. Thank you very much. Chodesh Tov. All the best. Kultuv. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining. Have an amazing month. Chodesh Tov.